Welcome to Leverage Masters, airing weekly on Tuesdays at 12 Eastern and on demand on iTunes and Blog Talk Radio. Leverage Masters hosts Jack Humphrey and Gina Gaudio Graves discuss leverage strategy with guest leveragists. Be sure to subscribe to Leverage Masters in your favorite podcatcher for great tips and case studies on using leverage to achieve your biggest goals much faster. Well, welcome everyone to another episode of Leverage Masters. I am your co-host, Gina Gaudio-Graves, and along with my partner, um, Jack Humphrey, we are the co-founders of TheLeveragists.com and Divisio.com, the all-new affiliate network for companies doing good. How are you today, Jack? I know I'm new around here, but how could you forget my name after two years? (laughs) (laughs) Somebody was texting me. After two years, it's Great. a little longer than two years, you know. I think it is. I just like to say two because I don't like the passage of time. <laughs> I was trying to figure out the other day how many years it is. Is it five or is it six? Don't say six. Five is a little hard to swallow because just, wow, how's time flown? If either of those is the case. It's I guess definitely we've been five, fun. at least five. It could be six. Wow. We've been together for a long time, Jack. We're going to have to count up all these episodes. I wish we had an archivist. Hey, putting out a call right now, if anybody would like to help archive all the shows and kind of get them together. I've been wanting to do that for a long time, and I would really love to do a highlight reel Because, my goodness, can you imagine with all the valuable wisdom that's been imparted on this show over all of these years, if we can condense that to uh, a Cliff Notes version of highlights, that would take a monumental effort. But, wow, would that be cool. Memory isn't quite what my memory is, but might I remind you that last summer... Jeremy Long, the Director of Strategic Alliances at Divisio, who like consumes the greatest amount of content, education, and training that I have ever seen in my life, he put together a spreadsheet for us of every single episode of the show. Do you remember that, Jack? I do now. Yep. That's a great a start for our new... So right, there's but probably it's, another it's a great start some for, episodes we have to add to it. But at the time, yeah. there were 320-some episodes in that spreadsheet, which would mean we're somewhere close to 380 episodes now. We can go into syndication. We're like Seinfeld. <laughs> Too funny. We really are, aren't we? <laughs> we already are in syndication, too. We're everywhere at theleveragist.com. You should go check it out. You can see all the past episodes, I think. A lot of them, anyway. <laughs> and we have a great guest to share with everybody today. Why don't you tell everyone a little bit more about her? Alrighty, We have Susie Nelson today. Let me... Uh, pull this up. I've been talking a lot. I didn't have all my notes. We have Susie Nelson. We're going to be talking about how to generate additional productivity, profitability, and employee retention 
as well as employee satisfaction by incorporating incentive travel at work. You can learn more about Susie Nelson at countriesandcrossroads.com. Susie, welcome to Leverage Masters. Well, thank you, Gina and Jack, for the warm welcome. I appreciate that. How are you today? Absolutely. I would love it if during this show we not only touched on incentive travel at work, but incentive travel overall, because recently I started using travel as an incentive in my sales process with a couple of clients, and I can't even begin to tell you how great it's working. Well, I'm so excited to hear that, Gina. That touches my heart, like, in a huge way. So tell me, uh, Gina, when you're doing that, are you actually um, having the families be incorporated within that incentive? Is it just for the um, the people with whom you're uh, having your business relationships with? So this started with one of my clients. His name is Jay Connor, and his site is jayconnor.com. <clears throat> Jay has a home study course that he sells for $1,497. And he offers a one-installment option, a three-installment option, and a five-installment option. And as I'm sure you can imagine, the vast majority of sales were taking the five-installment option. And I said to Jay, you know, Jay, think about what it would do to the bottom line if we could get people to pay all at once instead of over time. Because a lot of times they didn't make all five payments. He's like, oh, that would be great. What would we have to do to make that happen? I said, what kind of a great, unbelievably huge bonus could you throw into this package if they pay in one installment? He thought about it for a minute, and he says, you know, I have a vacation property that's an oceanside property. It's gorgeous. Why don't we include a five-day vacation for their entire family? You know, we have not had a single sale come in with three or five installments in the last two months. Every single sale has come in as a single installment only because of it. Gina, that's brilliant. You know what that reminds me of? Um, That there is so much that is going on uh, in this world, and and people are just doing it themselves. So for you to be able to have included the family and, and you have that, you're creating the lifetime memories. But have you heard of the anticipatory... Um, arrangement. It's by Burris or something like that, anticipatory. It's thinking outside the box. Yes. And it's taking programs um, where you couldn't do anything with it and thinking, like, to give you an example, this he's talking to this lady and um, he's like, uh, well, I can't just, like, forget about my problem. I just have to, he's like, talk about anything but your problem. Talk about what you've got to give, you know, what you can do for others, what, what, anything but your problem. Think about it. And she said, well, I'm dying. He said, well, why don't you think about, instead of thinking about dying, you know, think about that when you do it. How about how to think about how to live right now? And that's what you were offering this these people is that exact type of example of here you are you've got this issue well how about if you um, do something that you're going to create lifetime memories which is a big deal because on top of travel I've been volunteering at hospice for 18 years and let me tell you I can tell you every person 
is going to be at the end. They talk about the people they love, the places they've been, and their regrets in that order. So how cool is it that I get to do lifetime memories and I can, you know, check off the list, okay, I can I help that person where they're going to be later in life. Is that I know that this um took the trajectory of the call went a little different, but I had to tell you how wonderful you did for this person. <laughs> what you're doing for people. Uh, and with my other client, I was telling him the story of Jay Connor and he's like Oh, Gina, this is fantastic. I've got a $1,500 program, too. I would love to use this, but I don't have a place that I can bring them to that's an Oceanside property. I said, have you ever heard of travel certificates? My ex-husband used to work at a company that sold travel certificates. The company buys unused space at a variety of places all around the world. So the second client did exactly the same thing, but he used travel certificates. I was telling Jack about the package that the guy has. It's an unbelievable package. It's eight nights for up to eight people at any one of about 600 luxury resorts, four- and five-star luxury resorts worldwide. The travel certificate only cost my client $12. For the client that gets the certificate, they pay a one-time registration fee of like $297. But when's the last time you took eight people on a trip for eight nights for $297? No, it's <clears throat> it's great. It's brilliant. It, it really is because, honestly, that's when people are able to just let go, have fun, uh, take another, you know, they can they can volunteer while they're there. They can just spend some time with each other. They can learn together. There's so much that can happen uh, when you're getting away. And hence, you know, that's, that is exactly my idea for uh, the corporate world on the incentive travel is to uh, create that space. And when they come back, uh, they're so excited that, you know, the productivity is there because they want to be able to go back on that trip again. Um, the retention and the productivity uh, is just part of it. Um, when you're able to have, um, most important is to have those, the retention of that person is so high for them to leave in most companies. And if you're on a trip, or you've got them doing something, on, you know, coming together, and they're engaging with each other, and they get to know each other, and especially if they've got the families there, and they're, uh, the families, the kids get along, now there's incentive for them to actually work harder. So that retention rate that, you know, has been sitting at that real high level, they go ahead and train their people, and then all of a sudden they're gone. Um, this retention changes that now, uh, the uh, trajectory of the percentage of who's going to stay because they get to know one another, they want to do it again next year. So mine is exactly what you're doing on a bigger level. Does that make sense? It does. So many of our listeners are entrepreneurs with very small teams. They may even be solopreneurs. And so in our world, They may not have employees that they're wanting to incentivize in that way just because their teams are so small. But to use this with customers, the exact same thing happens. 
The customer retention Absolutely. rate increases. They're much more likely to come back and buy over and over and over again, and they're much more likely to tell all of their friends about what you've got to offer so that they can come back and get trips too. It's the exact same concept. It's leverage all the way. And, Jack, I'll yes, let you it take is. it from here. Well, you know, I'm just going to interject real quick. Like you said, depending on where you are and who who it is, but if your listeners are more in that area, absolutely you found an, an amazing solution. Yeah. I was just struck by how many times I'm sitting here listening to you guys talk and I'm thinking, how many times on this show, earlier we were talking about how many shows we've had and we were struck by that number, over the years, and in all of those shows, how many times we talk about um, getting away in general for inspiration, for for a lot of the reasons that you talked about, and even more for solopreneurs, and, and just for how we have this weird thing, like, I can't get away, I'm too busy. And But when people finally tear away and get away, they come back and go, I was so inspired, I got great ideas for my business, I met people, I networked, I've got huge deals that I'm now working because of all of this, all of this getting away did all of that for me. And then how quickly we can get back into a a thing with our business or with our jobs and go on the next time, the next opportunity that we have, I'm too busy. I can't do it. My business will suffer if I do, except that we have this resounding evidence from the last time we went away that we got away, even if it was just for private time and time to think, you know, I'm projecting an awful lot here because I do this. I feel like it's something that a lot of people do. But, you know, even with that huge evidence we have from the last time we got away, being so positive and everything, we still get into that thing. So you're in a really key thing. You do a very big service for the world in just simply reminding people how important this stuff is and then facilitating uh, their travel and their trips and everything. Well, think about this. Um <clears throat> I loved what you were just saying. So if you go a little bit further, here you are with all these um, uh, entrepreneurs that uh, it's it's not as big as you said. It's it's maybe smaller, and they're you know on their own. Well, why don't you bring uh, put together a cruise where it would be very in, uh, inexpensive, very effective for them, and bring these people together so that they can't mastermind. So not only are they getting away and they're doing this for um, themselves to not only learn but to just uh, get down a little bit and, you know, put your hair down, go on a couple tours and be with the kids. And and then there's structured time for the adults to feed their minds because, to be honest with you, when we leave home, we don't leave home, you know, they say, you know, you know, what baggage do you have? Well, I, I have a little baggage. A lot of people have a lot of baggage, right? And it's just a good way for them to uh, talk things through and out uh, that they don't necessarily have if they're on their own. So you just gave me um, an idea of how you could go to, you know, help your um, the people that you're helping already out there amazingly by hearing your stories uh, is to take it to another level. And they, you know, can do it, um, go away again and be able to write it off, A, possibly they have to check but also be able to bring the families together and also be able to do something not as expensive and bring the minds together. So I love that. Yeah. 
it is really wild that um, a lot of people tune in and they expect to hear, and they do often, very, very often, um, you know, practical tips and tactics, strategy, things like that for getting leverage for their business. And if anybody's been listening for a long time, they're starting to notice an arc here, <laughs> a thread that goes through the whole thing. And and it's so counter. It's so counterintuitive to talk about getting away, the importance of getting away. I mean, I'm talking really broadly, like when we talk about, sometimes we'll talk about uh, with a meditation expert or somebody who's into self-help and, and, and things like that. We'll have guests that tell people how to get away just in their own minds, how to get away in their in their present environment right now, and then all the way to what you're doing is taking people all over the world and facilitating the ability for people to literally get away. And uh, and getting away is getting closer to a solution. I think that's, you know, there's probably a little motto or tagline in there somewhere, but, you know, getting away is actually getting closer. And I've always experienced that. I've never not experienced it. And the, the hard part is coming back and... Um, Really, really having to decide what your priorities were before, because they so much. Some of them change when you come back uh, on the journey that you take, because you start to realize what truly is important to you. Right? I mean, you've probably seen well, this Jack, happen I've to countless people. I've got to jump in for people. one more minute and and share with okay. Susie all, one of our biggest aha moments of our lives. This happened for Jack and I several years ago. It was the week between Christmas and New Year's. And that week, like we had done every year that same week, we were expecting we were going to get together and put the strategic plan together for the business for the following year. But the one thing that was different that year was we had met some new friends. Their names are Chief Robert and Cherry Paltrie from HowToLiveOnPurpose.com. And they're Native Americans who really help people to live on purpose and to improve their mindset. We asked them if they would help us set the tone in our energy for the work we were going to do that week by doing a call with us before we got the work started. And they said, absolutely. So Jack and I get on this call with Robert and Terry, and I watch an eagle's nest on a live stream every year. As we got underway with this call, a baby eaglet hatches. And the next thing we know, Robert is being as insightful as he always does. And all of a sudden, Jack and I both simultaneously realized we have always done things the wrong way during this one week of the year. We should not be sitting down planning the strategic plan for the business we should instead get super crystal clear on the vision we have for our life, then the vision we have for the good we want to do in the world, and then circle back around to ask, how can business help us to evolve both visions? Once we realized that, it changed everything for us, didn't it, Jack? Yeah. Oh, gosh, in a really big way, yes. (laughs) Well, you just and made for so smile. many people, travel is a part of their vision for life, and it may even be a part of the vision they have for doing good in the world. Maybe they want to go and do some volunteer work overseas. When you approach business from that standpoint, starting with your life, 
then the good you want to do in the world, and then ask yourself what you're going to do with business. Business takes on a whole different look. And oftentimes the results become so much bigger because you're so much happier with life, especially if travel is a part of it. Well, that is, you know, you can choose happiness anywhere, right? <clears throat> but yeah. there's something there's something about <clears throat> going away um, with the people you love. And um, the, I have to go back to what you just said because every year I live in Denver, Colorado. And <clears throat> how I got in travel is, excuse me, <clears throat> I have uh, obviously something in my throat today. And when I left mm-hmm. home, my mom said, Honey, don't marry till you're 26 and travel the world a little bit, and when you settle down, you'll be satiated. I did not marry until I was 26, and I traveled the world a little bit, and I thought, how could I do this for a living? Then I had a father who <laughs> said, take your eyes off yourself and help somebody else, whatever you're doing, and you will be rewarded, and you will be rewarding them. And I forgot those the, the advice that I had gotten from my parents there. <clears throat> And then uh, when I started, you know, just volunteering and doing the things I did, I realized it gave me pleasure more. And the other side, you know, it gave me more pleasure to be doing something for somebody else than for myself. And then the other idea that you gave to me is I always went away and I said, um, I'm going to have my best year yet. So I wrote in a, um, a journal, your best year yet. And then I'd go away every year, and no matter, it might be in February, it might be whatever. It usually was to Belize with my kids, and we'd go scuba diving. And then I would sit out there, and I would plan, what am I going to do, and how am I going to do it? But more importantly, who can I help at the same time? Because it comes right back to what Daddy said, take your eyes off yourself and help somebody else, and you're always going to be okay. So what the two of you are doing is just remarkable, and you know you you thought that you were like at a, a a point where you weren't really doing it, but you real you really were always doing something for somebody else. You just figured it out for yourself. Does that make sense? Absolutely. And I just had this mass, just this huge epiphany. <laughs> so I do. Cool. Um, my my other life is I am the director of digital outreach for Rewilding, the Rewilding Institute at rewilding.org. And I've been this is part of my life. This isn't just a a business or a job or anything. It's a nonprofit, but these are my people. These are my long 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 friends from uh when I started working with them all in the 90s. And um and I was just thinking about what you do. I was thinking about how you're sewing it all together by saying, take your eyes off yourself and look at what you can do for someone around you. And then combining that all again at the very last part with business. And I came up with the idea of conservation tours. <laughs> and yes. I was just like, what What? What better way? Because people need to get out more. People who really care about these issues, about wilderness and wildlife and and connectivity between large land masses that are disconnected by roads and things. That's what rewilding is all about. And countless people around the world really care about these issues. And they're not getting out either. They don't get out enough either. And their inspiration is being muffled by their daily lives being so consumed with just the stuff that's on their list of things to do. But I remember I used to take people out. 
Yeah, yeah. I used to take people from Sierra Club in, in um, uh, uh, the big cities. We'd call them city slickers. And I was in New Mexico. I'd take them down into the Gila Wilderness and northern Sonora and Chihuahua, Mexico. They would come and do conservation projects, like ripping out old roads that were preventing wildlife from getting one, one place to another um, that were illegally created and everything. So they had a service thing. And then in to pay them for it, they had to pay for their whole trip. But to pay them back, I'd teach them how to do wilderness survival and wildlife tracking. Oh, and I'd bring I in trackers and, and show them how to, yeah. So they got something. It's just a typical, you know, if you go, I imagine it's the same kind of thing when you help release turtles on the beaches in Belize and things like that. They give you something in return for that on so that you have this really beautiful experience. And I'm thinking, we could do the same thing because the groups that we work with are all over the world in the most, literally, not figuratively, the most beautiful places in the world, the wildest, the most Eden-like places in the world that we're trying to protect. You can't go to anything more pristine than the places that we work in. Holy crap, why didn't I think of this? And thank you so much for being the guest today <laughs> because well, you helped I, with this vision. No, thank you because um, this. I want you to understand the circle of life. I just I gave it to you. For 18 years I've been volunteering, right? You know what they're going to say at the end of life, everybody. They want to tell you about the people they love, place they've been, their regrets. Look at what you've done. You've just figured out how you're going to be part of that cause when somebody is there, they are smiling because you took them and you thought of this now. It doesn't matter when or who we find things out with. You know, did I ever want to volunteer at hospice? Heck no. My Aunt Dolly, I started out volunteering, and she said, well, she's a critical care nurse. If you're going to, um, if you're, you're really going to help, she said, before you go in and volunteer, you have to go through every hospital room. If somebody's dying, you have to help them. Okay, that's where it started. Everything starts somewhere for everyone. So your listeners today have a lot of things to think about. You have given them an opportunity uh-huh. that they can make their life matter to them for their families now. And now is the time to do it. It is. It really is because, you know, 20 years would have been a great time to do it. The second best time would have been now. <laughs> now. It. everybody, And always by every. Everybody's thinking about that, right? Everybody's always thinking in the back of their mind, unless they're, you know, some people are still like I was for a, way too long in my life. I thought I was going to live forever, I suppose, but regardless of what I thought, I just didn't think much about the brevity of life, a human average life. And but if you're thinking <laughs> therefore about I lived. That, yeah, if, but if you're thinking about it that way, don't. Think outside the box. Moses didn't even get started until he was 80, and he did some amazing things. So... I don't look at stuff like yeah. that. His business took off. Moses' business really <laughs> took off. <laughs> it did. It did. It's yeah. just a mindset. He had, a, he, had his, he had his own tourism company. <laughs> I mean, yeah, he, he, he showed people around the desert for a long time. And, and, and he parted uh, seas for them so that they could get to the other side. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. Man, he no, might have been the original uh, planner. Yeah, I'm <laughs> Yeah, I'm very serious. Uh, you're on to something very big with what you just said. And if any way, you know, uh, I can help you just with ideas or something, I'd be humbled and honored to do that. But um, you really, I love where you took your um, people today and where you've already started on a small la- uh, scale, and now you're, you can take it any, any place you want to. Oh, yeah, it's that's pretty awesome. It's just, and I hope that people get the example 
although it, it feels a little accidental to me, but I know there are no accidents. It still's got that little ring to it of all the things that came together just now to have that epiphany. It just doesn't seem likely, but it happened. So, And the thing is, everybody's got an example of that in their lives where such a weird thing happens. It's, it doesn't seem possible that all these little elements were put together to add up to this thing. Each one, just being a little bit off, would have led to no epiphany happening at all. Yet they were just perfect, and everything happened at its perfect time. And it happens all the time. It, and it really, it's like... It's it's kind of crazy how much we can let ourselves take that for granted when it really is miraculous. And you could spend, and you know, yogis and, and uh, gurus and people like that spend lifetimes thinking about that stuff. And, of course, no out, but, you know, it's a really big topic. And these kinds of things, for me, always happen when I travel. When I get away from, oh, it's like yeah. when you said take your take your eyes off yourself and put it on other people, it's also taking yourself out of your daily life and putting yourself in an environment where you're just a lightning rod for ideas. You're backed away from the computer. You're backed away from your daily stuff enough that you, the antenna that you are can actually start picking up signals that have been blocked by your daily life. That's the way I feel every time I go and do something and I'm inspired like that. So, once again, yeah, you, super you important what you do. <laughs> you don't have you're you're so right. You don't have to be this person or that person. Let life take you where it's supposed to by doing what you love. You, the two of you, are just. I can tell. I can feel the energy that what you're doing for your membership of people that follow you is. You're going out and bringing anybody because I had no idea. You know that we'd have this conversation would turn this way. But like you said, it's those divine connections sometimes. <laughs> it's just the right timing. It's just this or just that. And and you're giving that to them. But at the end of the day, um, seriously, uh, don't be so planted in what you're doing. I was going to go to Scotland with my children in 2005. And um, the bottom line is it just had terrible weather. We couldn't get over there. So I said, uh, well, I said, uh, okay. Um, what was the least expensive place to go next? Okay, so then Belize was available. And um, so we just went ahead and came home and packed our bags instead of for cold weather, for warm weather. And then we took the buses all across. Don't be afraid to travel within the country. Just become informed. And, I mean, we were able to hear, hear like, wheels on the bus go round and round in Belizean. And it was hilarious. I mean, and then we went into Belizean, <laughs> and which is the capital, and we decided, no, we want, don't want to do that. But they have the the Blue Hole, uh, which is, you know, the largest uh, waterway um, on the land and sea. So I had already done my deepest dive in Belize in that uh, deep hole, Blue Hole, but they have a blue hole also on land that was discovered in the 60s. And um, so yeah. we were able to stop there. We didn't like the place, so what do you do? We get back on the bus and we go to the next place. So people just get back on your bus, you know, and go to the next place. Everything isn't going to be just perfect all the time. But you're creating those memories and you start laughing about it later. There's always something to do with a memory. And then we went all across. I... I uh, happened to get a tour guide that took us three hours in to where um, all the uh, stars, you know, they're the only place to go. But he was able to get us in for lunch that day. Now, how fun is that? My kids were able to jump off a 40-foot cliff. I turned around and looked the other way. But uh, they have that memory. And then we were able to come in. I said, well, it's Thanksgiving. I'm not sure what's going to happen, kids, but it's going to be okay. 
And sure enough, um, we were able to get the last four seats to have our Thanksgiving dinner. I mean, so nobody can take those memories away. And um, so, to like you said, if it could be random or not random, or, or where you're going to spark the energy. Think about the neurons that are going on in your head when you're there, and then you're even alone on your own thoughts, and you're like, what could you do for your business here? What could you do for your business there? But it's not like that all the time. It'll just happen that, oh, yeah, this works. You're not going away with the intention of, oh, I've got to think of this for my business. No, just randomly, like it happened today on this call, you had that little epiphany. Why didn't I ever think of that before? Because everything has its perfect timing. Does that make sense? Yeah. And the other thing is, if you're overly analytical about the whole thing, give up the idea of needing to know why this works. Pay more attention to the, to the facts. Pay more attention to the actual facts in the real world in front of you that are slapping you in the face with a cold bucket of ice water to try to wake you up. It does work because, I mean, how many countless times have the people listening right now and to the recording, have you experienced this yourself plus heard everybody in your whole life come back from a vacation, come back from a trip, and the first thing they have to do you is to show you their pictures, to tell you what they – you have more empirical evidence as to the fact that this is real, and, you, and I think a lot of people get hung up on why. Maybe it's not going to be real for me, but, you know, it's, and that's absurd, right? I mean, with all of this evidence, it's absurd to take the tack of, yeah, but those, that's them. That's not me. I wouldn't have that because that's insane because you had that experience on your last vacation. You have your own empirical data to fall back on, too. So, I mean, this is huge well, leverage. It really is well, let me when people start to live their you. life. Uh, I'm going to share with you uh, uh, one more thought that you had from that so I don't forget it is let me tell you something. When you're there and you're at hospice and they remember the date and time of where they went, and if they don't remember the date, they remember what they did and who they did it with. So it's good neurologically as well. <laughs> yes. It's amazing. Exactly. It's amazing yeah. what they remember when they can't remember what they ate that day. But, but boy, can they tell you about what they've done on these trips. One of the meditation things that I experienced recently, I do walking meditations uh, just accidentally. I like to walk. I take my dog every day. We do about three miles a day on average, and we go to this one spot, and people always ask me, why do you keep going to the same spot? And I'm like, because I don't have to think about where I have to go. I just do the same route. I love it. It's beautiful. And I can take my mind completely about where do I turn and all that and just be. And it, it, I had an epiphany. It was like what I was trying to achieve was being thoughtless. I just wanted to not be planning in my mind as I'm walking through this beautiful place. I had realized how much I had done that every single day with, while thinking that I was being mindful. But I was being mindful of being mindful, and that made me mad. I, and so I was using mindfulness as a tactic, and I was sitting there, and my brain was saying, my brain was saying, look how mindful you're being. You're not thinking about work and the thing you have to do and the client. And, the, and then all of a sudden, it just took right off again. And, and then I'd come home without realizing how bad it got in my head. And I thought, I had a really mindful walk. I had a really thoughtless, just open. And, and I didn't at all. I was thinking about what I wasn't thinking about. And then I finally achieved the, the, this breakthrough by thinking about 
what it's like to be on vacation, what it's like to be away, and all those times I took walks when I was away in another country or somewhere else in this country, and there was literally nothing pulling at me, and I literally didn't have any thoughts about business or any of that stuff. And I took myself out of that, that mode by traveling and being somewhere else and thereby achieved something accidentally by, by just being. I was just being. I'm on vacation. I have nowhere to be. You know, I'm, I'm thinking maybe I'm going to eat lunch at about 1. That's my biggest thought. And, I, and, and it draw, it, it's funny that I had this all happen last week and you're our guest this week because now we're talking about it. And I'm like, who am yeah. I going to ever share this with? But I really actually achieved mindfulness yeah. and you have to not even be thinking about being mindful if That's you're really truly to going to, to be it. Yes, I want to tell you that was accidentally on purpose. So I kind of disagree with you because you had just set this beautiful thing up and, you know, you you were so upset with yourself that you were even mindful of walking there, you know, with this intention and here you are thinking of this. But you're actually out there on, you know, on purpose and accidentally you, you come across another great idea. You see what I'm saying? I mean, it just evolves every day. Yeah, yeah. It's crazy. It is weird. Yeah. I'm not sure that you intended to come and talk about this today. You <laughs> but know, we I do this an awful lot. <laughs> <laughs> you two, you two so, bring it so, out in people. Oh gosh, we we can derail people from their best intentions or their <laughs> in a second. But we try to do it in the in the you know having fun. We really, I think our listeners like that we have a lot of fun. And we go different places, and we take people, like our listeners are looking at the description of today's show and going, am I on the right show? <laughs> am I on? Cause I, so we probably ought to draw that back in and do a little bit of, uh, of talking about, more about what you do. I'd love to hear your experiences um, if you want to go there or if you want to go anywhere else. Sure. But one of the things I would love to hear about is just take us through one of your favorites where uh, – Epiphanies, maybe like what we were talking about today, for them in their context, for their company, for the things that happen as a result of coming back. Maybe one of your long customers who realize we're really onto something. We're going to use her, and we're going to do this a lot consistently. What's that like in your world? Well, um, it's just like living on purpose, just being yourself, right? I've just done it for so long since I was 25, and then I had I was. Paul Ellison, I was introduced to him. His dad started all the Dairy Queens. And um uh, and then he's like, "You know," he said, "you can uh you can think outside your box." He said, "You could have offices around the world and do this and and help people." And I'm like, "I can. How can I do that?" Well, he's like, "Simple, like we did with Dairy Queen. You know, you just got to get up and you got to talk." And then I'm like, "Well, how do I do that?" And then I'm like, I remembered my dad always said cuz he was an entrepreneur and I said, uh, Daddy, what do I do, like, even percentage-wise? Like, how much do I make? And he said, well, daughter, you have to save some, spend some, and tithe some. So there you go with that. I mean, just simple stuff, right, And uh, where you start <laughs> to get things. And then, uh, you know, what are you doing as far as where you're going and what are you going to do? Well, you know, he, I said, Daddy, I just don't know. And he said, daughter, he said, if you've got somebody, he said, that um, go to the person who knows whatever you're trying to do, find out who knows what they're doing, go and ask, and they will be happy to share with them. Those are two really big principles that I have instilled in my 
anybody who will listen to me because it has served me right for for business. But as far as um, a man walks into my office and he says, wow, I see you do groups. He said, what's your largest group? I said, 250. He said, do you think you'd be up for doing a group of 12,500? And I said, why not? Good Lord. It's just another another component. So on my LinkedIn, (laughs) the gentleman gave me a beautiful um, uh, review uh, on a video of how I was able to help uh, his group of 12,500 come to fruition. And uh, so uh, bottom line is just take things step by step. So if you are where you are now, did I ever think that I would have offices in New York, London, San Diego, and Denver? Did I ever think that my largest group would be 19,700? Did I ever think that I could be abundant and live wherever, whenever, go where, and be with whomever and, and do it with my family? You, you have to set that intention in your mind. You have to clear your mind and decide what you want in life for your business. How big do you want? How small do you want? <clears throat> and don't limit. Take the limit off yourself. <clears throat> with the two of you, I can see that they would be directed and guided beautifully every single day by, you know, by what you're doing because you're giving them the tools to do just what, you know, I talk to people about. And it's I talk to people like this on a on a personal level, never, you know, on an interview. But if it helps one more person, then giddy up, right? So, yeah. um, <laughs> step by step, step by step would be my <clears throat> my philosophy or my um, words of wisdom to people. You know, just look at the whole thing. Sit down and look where you want to be. And I I like to do the mind map, so I always have uh, a whiteboard that I can clear off because we're always changing, right? It's always evolving. And then you have to know, you know, A, what it is you want to do, and then you have to have some idea of, you know, how you're going to get there. Like it's taken me something like four years to do something I'm just getting ready to um, bring out, and I'm not ready to talk about it yet. But um, four years, and people are like, oh, my gosh. Well, when you look back, you probably spent at least a year and a half, two years on thinking about what you were going to do. Now, if you put something down on paper and you see, okay, this is where I want to be, what are the steps to get there, they're going to get there. It's no, it's not a question It's of they're not going to get there. It's when they're going to get there. And then as they get one little task done, another little task done, and then it leads to 19,700 people. And people are like, how do you do that? And I said, just just put it on paper, and the request came in, and I was able to fill it. So there you, there you <laughs> go. I hope that helps. And, you know, for people who, like, when I was getting into chartering airplanes and taking entire airplanes, um, you know, of corporations that might want to go to, like we just did, um, Guatemala. So you take the whole entire airplane. Um, you know, you, you've got to be thinking about the things that you're going to do once you get there. But how fun is it to create those lifetime memories? So I'm driven by that. What are you driven by? What is your audience driven by? Everybody's driven by something. So that's all. Just get, get, get your mojo on. Get what your drive is. Get what your thought is. And then shake off anything that um, past regrets or this or that. I, I can't tell you how many times I'm like, oh, why did I do that? Um so upset with myself. Yeah. But at the other time, you did so many things that were greater than that one tiny thing. So don't even bother thinking about that little crap that maybe set you down or you lost a, a client or 
let that go because that's only you're only meant to go to bigger things. But if you focus on that, on the things that are just slowing you down or stopping you, you're never going to go to where you're really supposed to be at. And that's taking care of the clients for whom you're serving right now to another level and more of them. And all you have to do is be sincere. And you know what? There's that you know old adage, and you know I'm a Bible girl, right? So that seed. If you just lay those seeds down, or I'm a farmer, whatever, uh, you lay those seeds down, and they're going to sprout. So if you don't put any seeds down, how do you expect to have anything come in? Does that make any sense? Exactly. Yeah, and I would. Add, I, it was all just wonderful. It's perfect to to uh, to hear all these things, and they're they're similar to some of the things that we've talked about before on the show. And I want to I wanted to put one more thing in there, and that is when you get this piece of paper out, and when you're making lists and all that stuff. And I really had to learn this lesson because when I'd hear people say um, same similar things to what you've just said, which is brilliant. I heard that one part maybe in a way that you didn't intend for me to, which is all this stuff's got to come from me because I'm putting this piece of paper down on the table, I'm getting my pen, and now I've got to make a list of all of these one-at-a-time things, which I can understand theoretically, but when it comes to putting that piece of paper down, then I feel like, and it was subconscious for so many years, I'm on the hook for all these ideas and this list and how to do all of this stuff and then I realized many, many years later that I am not, that no one is on the hook for that. I think this is where writer's block comes from. I think this is definitely where planner's block comes from, is that people feel like they are on the hook for coming up with all the answers. If they're trying to make a, um, a mind map, if they're trying to make a, a list of things to bite off that first piece of the elephant, um, they start to freeze up. And back to what we were talking about before, and maybe this is why we had to talk about this today earlier and wonder why we were, is a lot of those answers, don't they come to you in the most weird ways when you relax, when you are relaxed, you're in a place that you're relaxed, you travel to a place designed for relaxation? I mean, some of the things on that list are not your total responsibility. They come to you when you get away, either physically or uh, you know, with meditation or whatever it is that you like to do, uh, just going for a walk, so many people report, I came up with the best idea for my business, which is on that list of things that you were talking about, how to make a, you know, a really complicated, really big thing come to fruition one step at a time. And a lot of people would say, well, I, yeah, actually, that, that best idea I had for this is when I was taking a walk, when I was on vacation, when I was in Bali or something like that. And, yeah, and once I realized that the, the pressure... Way. Yeah, I bet. Oh, man, I can't believe the stories you have to tell from all the places that you've yeah, been. Yeah, I had, and, a, I had my, and, uh, my jacket, a leather jacket made there. Um, but, you know, this, the, nice. what you're just saying is so beautiful, is the intention. Nobody, uh, what I do as I'm uh, going through everyday life, I have my phone. I used to uh, not trust the phone, so I would put it on paper. But I can go into my notes now and just put one word down, and I'll know what it is because it'll the retention, right, the reticular cells in your mind. It's just like a car. You buy a car, right, and you'll see it. So if that word, whatever it is that prompts you, write it down. I do that all the time. And then I'm able to go back with it. And then right before I go to bed, I follow um, Napoleon Hill's Think and Grow Rich. And there's also another book. It was only 160 pages, but it took me a year to get through. It is 
you can work your own miracles. And I was like, oh, my gosh, the books. That's the oh, other wow. thing, the books. That, I mean, I, I want to create a library on my one wall with just books because the knowledge that somebody else has that you can gain from their wisdom and knowledge of what they've already done, why not take advantage of that? So when I have something that I want to look at, like uh, whatever it is, I Google, you know, I Google it, what books are out there about that. Why do I want to reinvent the wheel? My dad's, my daughter, daughter, don't reinvent the wheel. Somebody's done it. Ask them or get a book. I mean, you know, I was blessed to have some good advice, I'm thinking. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's it's really wonderful. Once I got away from thinking about everything being on my back and everything, you know, if it's to be, it's up to me, which I think is probably one, the number one in my least favorite sayings of all time and it's totally contextual i know how people take that saying and and it's totally positive for them but for me in my context if it's to be it's up to me is the loneliest thing i've ever heard in my life just the loneliest most dismal yeah you just don't do that if it's to be it's up to all kinds of things but not just me (laughs) did you um, I forget the um, actor. He's uh, he was comedian, and he's uh, acting like he's a professor. And she comes in, sits down. She says, "I," he says, "For this counseling, it's going to be five dollars, and um, and you just have to say right to the." I mean, it was like so specific. And she said, "Well, I'm afraid to go out in the world." And he's like, "Stop it! Everything was stop it. I'm sure you can Google stop it, and you'll see. It's hilarious." But I digress. <laughs> forgive me for interrupting. Stop it! Yeah, <laughs> that's true though. I mean, it's just uh, it's it's crazy. We're we're I think we're born to forget. I mean, we totally forgot where we came from as soon as we were born, and we forgot how to talk, and we forgot everything. Like we're babies and we're totally helpless, and we're born to forget. And so that means we're also we should live to remember, and we should always be striving striving to remember these things. That's why I think shows like this are really important to people books and and things that help people remind themselves of what's really important in life. People like you are constant reminders of what's really important in life, and we need that. It's something that we can forget, and we do forget an awful lot if we're not mindful of the fact that that's really what we were born to do is forget. We we, we were born forgetting, (laughs) right? And so I, I just love having people like you on. They're always like pointing the way and reminding people because you're reminding me how important this stuff is. And that's really our primary it's so important. Uh, it's thing, so, isn't it? It's so, so important, so important. And, you know, my daddy would always say, daughter, don't let a you know, day go by that you don't take your eyes off yourself and help somebody else. So that turned into me that every day I was going to do something for somebody. I was going to, I so if I, you know, I'm there and there's somebody's in the parking lot, which I used to do all the time, leave right in the middle. If they leave it in the middle, I'll just take it and I'll say, is it okay if I take this up to the front, to the grocery store? Or like I was selfish before and I used to think, okay, here I'm, I'm in the store and I'm going to put on this shirt and it falls down. I said, oh, I'll just leave it on the floor because they're getting getting paid. It's job security. How horrible is that? I can't believe I just admitted that. Well, I woke up that day <laughs> and I thought, instead of doing those type of things, pick that stuff up, but also you can be kind to somebody. And I'll tell you what. I could almost cry, honestly, I, just yesterday, the, the person. 
um, that I was with at hospice. I mean, they're so simple. It's like, are you talking to God? And he said, yes. And I said, what's he saying? He said, he's smiling at me. Okay, now we're right back to the basics, right? So just (laughs) go out and smile at somebody or be kind. If you just remember that instead of your list to do or that, everything else is going to fall into place. Yeah. It is really strange that um, we figured out a way, you figured out a way to eke out an existence, way, way more than eke out an existence, but live really, really a rich and full life. But in the confines of uh, different cultures, um, an economic system that you have to fit into, I mean, I bet you if you had your druthers, you wouldn't file taxes and be panicked every April 15th and you know, all, so a lot of the things that we all have to do because we're just born into it, it has a, 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 a way of making you feel a certain way that you're not even aware of until you go somewhere else. Like when I went to London, I, people grew up in a different system. Many things very, very similar to America, but a lot of things very, very different. And to them, that was their norm. To me, it was shocking in some in some ways that that people were allowed to do things that we weren't allowed to do that you weren't allowed to do things that we're allowed to do and it had an effect i don't know if you've ever dived really deep into this from a you did mention neurological stuff so maybe you have but it, it feels like when i'm looking back on it that new pieces of my brain were activated that were were dormant because I was thinking about really big things I took for granted in a whole different way. I had to open up new neural pathways and stretch my brain and work my brain muscle in a way that I hadn't before, that I couldn't before unless I got away and had this experience. But you don't have to do that anymore now. You know you can just do it anytime. It's your frontal lobe. And that's where the heart decisions come from. So that means that it's, you're really truly what you want. So I've always been interested in psychology and raising three boys. Um, you know, I want to make sure that I I can be the best I can be because, yeah, you can pick up your kids and take them someplace, but what if you know that information or you can guide them in this way? Why not? My mom and dad, you know, did it for me. Why can't I do it for them? It's intentional. Live an intentional life. Yeah. In light of what we've been talking about and what you do and what you know about the results of what you do, what would you tell our listeners now that they should do? Given that you, Gina gave, kind of gave you a, a, a makeup of our demographics, solopreneurs, people with small teams, everything that we talked about today, is there any way you could sum it up with, with your best advice about what people should do next to take advantage of this? If they've been inspired today. What do they do next? Uh, Well, what they do is they do what they do best. Uh, They, first of all, get up and just be aware of another human being. And they're aware of their family, but are they really? If they're taking them to soccer practice and they're on a phone call, just I I would always put everything, you know, when gathered around the, the, the table, you create memories. I have that on my wall. I had my kids help me put that on the wall. Be intentional with what they're doing and make sure that they have the time for the family because, seriously, Cats in the Cradle and the Silver Spoon does happen. And just when they're, like, at a point where they they can uh, chill down a little and then, you know, relax and retire a little bit, they're gone and they're not coming home. So wake up. 
And um, that's what they can do. They can wake up. They can be kind to somebody else. Always look out. And being kind means being kind to the family, too, is, um, you know, say hello. Have that conversation. Even if they don't want to talk, talk to them and just say, this is how it is. You know, this is a new rule. Or not rule. I hate that word. Um, that, uh, you know what, we're going to try something different. We're going to implement being kind. And and I did. I sat down with my kids, and I had a rule. And what is love, you know, what does a family look like to you? And it was 2005. It's in my bathroom, you know, uh, right there on the wall. We said that we were going to uh, be mindful mm. of each other and be kind to each other, and we were going to uh, love one another, and we were going to help one another. And then every time in the beginning, uh, yes, is it um, going to take some time to implement that? Yeah, but you know what? If you do a little bit every day and then also help somebody else, you know what you do for work. You don't have to because when you're doing the right things that the abundance just comes to you, just allow it and receive it. That's what people don't get. Oh, yeah, it's for somebody else. No, it's not. You've got it. It's for you. all within you right now. You've got it. You know, <laughs> hey, I'm I'm a little, uh, little girl that was brought up, you know, going to church. So here's one for you, Jeremiah 33, 3. Call on me and I will show you things you do not know. That's pretty good. You know, so maybe uh, look in your books. I look in my good book every day, and then I look in other books every day. And there's there's inspiration out there. Somebody inspires you. Look at the YouTube that does it. I mean, your your platform, they've got to uh, plug into you guys every single day and listen to every single one of your interviews. Because I can tell the two of you are so heartfelt. You really care about what you're doing and bringing good information to them. It doesn't get any better than that. You guys have a fun, fun thing that you're doing for your living. So I applaud you on that. It is fun. Is, and I think that, that was good? the topic today. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Very, very good. And I I think that's the best way you could sum it up because there's, um, well, there's only three minutes left, but also uh, – how could you do it any differently? How could you, because we talked about it all today, and if what we said we really believe in, then your answer was absolutely perfect. If we said what anything else, if you had come back with like a, a list of things that you have to do and all of that stuff, which a lot of people look for when they're tuning into podcasts like this, I need a list of things that I need to do to succeed and blah, 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 blah. And maybe some people were expecting you to have that, and you actually came back with the way, way better answer <laughs> because everything else flows from that. Your list comes from what you just said. Your things, your ideas, your next breakthrough, um, the growth of your business, your success in your personal and, and, and business life, the fulfillment that you're looking for in your life all comes from what you just said. That was the perfect answer. You well, win. Perfect answer of the day. <laughs> well, the reciprocity, remember we talked about seeds. Let's go back to farming. Just put put your seeds down. Do as many seeds as you can, and you'll know what those seeds are, and it'll come back to you. You don't know when it'll come back, but just don't worry about it. My uh, last biggest tip that I would not do um, a day without is Napoleon Hill, um, you know, Think and Grow Rich. I learned a lot from him. I thought you were supposed to do your own masterminds forever, so... <laughs> There you go. You're going to always learn, right? But at the end of the day, when you're falling asleep, your subconscious is open. If you have a challenge that is going on or you need new ideas or you need 
um, help or you need finances or you need whatever, uh, put it out there to the universe and say, this is what I need, and when I wake up, I expect to have it. That has worked for me for years. So I hope um, that if anybody does that and it comes back, that they'll uh, let you know that uh, this was helpful. Awesome. You can find out more about Susie Nelson at countriesandcrossroads.com. Susie, thank you so much for being on Leverage Masters today. This was one of my favorite. Thank you. Oh, thank you both. Thank you, Susie. And we'll be back same time, same place next week. Have a great week, everybody. Tune in next week for another episode of Leverage Masters. And don't forget to follow us on Facebook on our Leverage Blackbook page to keep up with the latest. We'll see you next time on Leverage Masters. Uh-huh.